Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Waves on KCOU 88.1 FM. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, and of course, I'm your host, Luca Vitale, and my co-host alongside me, well, not really, because we're on via Zoom, is Ryan Waltzman. Ryan, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's going to be a unique and uh, fun uh, call today, so we'll see how it goes. All right, that's good to hear. And Ethan from uh, Ethan Polak from Wheeling, Illinois, is joining us as well via on Zoom. So, Ethan, how you doing as well? Doing just dandy. Doing just dandy. All right, I like that. Before we get rolling, first things first, some news on Mizzou sports. Uh, Mizzou, Mizzou men's basketball took advantage of their home court advantage on Wednesday, and they defeated Oral Roberts 91-64. to uh, women, Mizzou women's basketball is going to open their season today at the Mizzou Arena against North Alabama. And, of course, Ryan, give me some news on Mizzou football, please. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. So, Mizzou was supposed to play Arkansas, as we all know. Uh, some COVID uh, things came up, and we're not going to actually play Arkansas. Instead, we're going to flip the switch, and we're going to take on Vanderbilt uh, at beautiful Pharrell Field tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, Vanderbilt currently 0-7, and, and Missouri at that 3-3, and just, just had that 500 record. But, you know, not playing too bad in football, so it should be a good one. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. That's good to hear. All right, well, let's get back to Mizzou basketball here as uh, the men's just opened their season, as I just uh, previously said, on Wednesday against Oral Roberts right at the Mizzou Arena, and they definitely took advantage of that. They won 91-64. So, Ryan, I want to get your opinion on – if you reflected on this game, um, what did you learn necessarily? I learned that Mizzou gives up a lot of three-pointers, but that could have just been Oral Roberts just shooting out of the gym. You know, a lot of those guys like to shoot three-pointers. But what I did learn was, um, you know, Jeremiah Tillman, he only had eight points. I think he still looked really good. I think that he's definitely going to be one of the better players for Mizzou this year, especially if, you know, God forbid this doesn't happen, but, like, if the season gets cut down short or something, he wants to show what he can do. You know, he's a big man. He's a, a big forward. I think he's really good. Uh, then you have Mark Smith as well, and I think a lot of people were sleeping on Mark Smith, you know, not really thinking that he was that good, but then he went out and got 18 points alongside Drew Smith with 16 points, and then David Pinson with 17. So I'm excited to see what those three are really going to do this year. I think those three are by far our top three best players, and then you have Tillman as well down low. But, uh, you know, I really do like how the team uh, positioned. Uh, they got the ball down the court very fast. Uh, Pinson actually came out uh, on all cylinders. He was getting some steals and making some big dunks and stuff. Uh, you know, I really like the team. I think they were playing as a team. And, of course, you know, just Oral, Oral Roberts. Uh, the score, score at halftime kind of scared me as we were only up by 10. But then, you know, in the second half, we didn't really have anything to worry about because we just come back and destroyed them. So, you know, it, it was a fun game. I think um, – you know, although it's Oral Roberts, I do think that there is uh, a lot more to this Mizzou team than what we showed just because, you know, there's Oral Roberts. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens next uh, Wednesday when we play Boston College because that will be a good game, you know. So I I'm excited. I do think Mizzou is going to be really good this year and, watch and really fun to watch in basketball this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is definitely going to be an interesting season as I've already read a couple reports how when they take their trip to the East Coast, when they take in, like you said, the Boston College, and then we go to, like, Connecticut and all that good stuff, um, it could definitely be canceled because we all know with COVID-19, Coach Martin's already prepared for a very complicated season as they had to prepare for last season when this hit. So he's definitely prepared. And then going back to Xavier Pinson, he had, he had 17 points. So that was very impressive to see from him. And what I would say about this squad, this is Coach Martin's fourth year on the squad, uh, or rather coaching the squad. 
this is a very experienced team. There's not a lot of freshmen. There's a lot of juniors and seniors on this team. So they need to take advantage of the, uh, the level of experience they have on the squad and take it to the best level of advantage as they can. And I would say something I would say uh, is that they had a very balanced attack, is I would say, because they had 91 points. They had 91 points. And what I would say is they got in the paint several times. They were getting those layups. They were getting those dunks. They were attacking. And another thing that um, players emphasized in practice and even before the season started, and Coach Martin said this by watching uh, the NBA uh, coaches even um, emphasize this in their game plan, is a fast-paced game. And that's exactly what you saw from this Mizzou squad. And we also know the fact that the, uh, the injuries that sidelined Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith last season for a combined 21 games, they were injured. And so there was a lot of depth erased from that squad last year. And obviously because of that, they lost a lot. They lost a lot of games due to that. I mean, yes, they did not have a 500 season. They, I think they were finished a game below that, but let's just say Smith got those 18 points, Mark Smith to be exact here, 18 points. And then Tillman, he had to recover from that foot injury. He had 12 rebounds. So that's something to be looking forward to in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I think this team's really, really good this year. I think experience is going to help him a lot. And like you said, Tillman may not be able to get you that many points because of that foot injury. But like you said, he had 12 boards. So, I mean, I think if anything, like you could shoot the ball, he's going to be able to come up with the rebound at least. So I'm, it's going to be exciting to see what happens. I think uh, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, progressive, uh, progression from Xavier Pinson. I think he's one heck of a player. And I think he's going to show that he can do a lot more than what he did last year, especially since he's now up one more level and at Mizzou. So, you know, he's, I think he's going to do really well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, another thing I want to add to this is you notice what I was looking is that Mizzou was playing very good defense. They didn't – They Oral Roberts cannot get in the paint. They couldn't even get close to the basket. I, think, I just saw three after three after three, and they kept missing until, like, garbage time was happening in the second half. So it just proves to you that they are playing good defense – and then when you play good defense, you are forcing other teams that are shooting beyond the arc to really get that three-pointing going. And a lot of those team, a lot of those players in Oral Roberts were not able to complete that. And going back to the Tigers here, let's see, they scored 22 points in transition on Wednesday. They shot 20 of 25 on dunks and layups. And like I already said, they rarely settled for anything but uh, for three-pointers. So that's what tells you is that they are trying to attack the basket. They are taking those long rebounds and they're going at a faster paced environment. And I think that's going to be successful for their season, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do think that the fast pace is definitely going to help them out. You know, uh, obviously you said they're not really the, a young team because, you know, there's a lot of juniors and seniors. But I would say for their age and stuff, they are a young team. They're really fast paced uh, players. I think it's going to be fun to say, uh, fun to watch for sure, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next game that Mizzou is supposed to take on is on Wednesday against Boston College, but we still have not gotten reports as to that is still going on or if it's canceled. So as of right now, I'm just going to assume that's still going on. All right, going to Mizzou football here. Um, Mizzou was originally, like you said, they were supposed to take on Arkansas, but that got postponed and we'll be playing Vanderbilt, which that was actually supposed to be played October 17th. 
but that was canceled because of COVID testing and all that. And uh, fun fact for the audience here, the kicker for Vanderbilt will be someone from the women's soccer team. So I find that a very interesting uh, component of this game already. So Ryan, let me ask you this question. What do you expect from Mizzou this weekend? I want to say a blowout, man. I really do because of 0-7, but like, Oh, it's so much. Mizzou is so hard to watch sometimes because, like, you know, last game, they barely beat the Gamecocks. They went 17-10. to 10. They played a phenomenal first half, I'd say, but the second half was very bad. And, I mean, if they play the same exact type of football, I think they will win just because Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt the 0-7 this year. But I think we have to play a lot better. I think the team will play a lot better. You know, Basilak only had one touchdown. He gave up one interception. But I think Basilak is going to do a lot better. Uh, I think with it being at home, it's going to help us out a lot. Um, I think Roundtree is going to have another big game. I think Beatty's going to have another big game. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, Vanderbilt 0-7, I don't think it's a team that you should really sleep on. I think they're going to come into this game thinking they have a chance because I think you should go in every game thinking they're going to have a chance. But it's just Mizzou scares me, man. I'm, I'm very worried to see what's going to happen just because the last game against South Carolina, man, we almost blew that. And I was like, we can't do that. And – like I said, man, three and three, I'll take that. Like, you know, a lot of probably football team, football uh, schools probably aren't happy with that. But, like, from Mizzou, I'll take that. We're in a tough division, and I'll take a three three, honestly. Like, that's not bad. It's just about 500. So, uh, if I had to make, like, a really good prediction for this one, I think Mizzou is going to win. Uh, I do think we're going to put up more than 30 points. I really do, especially since we're back at home. Uh, I think we've made a lot of good memories at home this year, especially that LSU yeah. win was a big one. Definitely. So I do think we play a lot better at home than on the road. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, I'm definitely ready for tomorrow at 11, though, that's for sure. Yeah, and like you mentioned the fact, and this is where I'm coming into play. So listen, they are 0-7 Vanderbilt, right? But we need to be really looking at this 0-7 record because when you see that three-game twist that when they went up against LSU, South Carolina, Ole Miss. You got to put that aside. Okay. Put it aside. And then you look at the Florida game. They were in that game for three quarters. So we cannot be overlooking Vanderbilt. I don't care that they're 0 and 7. The point is when you are a team like Mizzou, you should have gone to South Carolina and completely exploded offensively. They did not do that. They put a fat zero on the scoreboard the second half. And we were in the studio, I remember, last Thursday, and I was predicting Mizzou to score 30 points or higher. They scored 17. I don't know where the offense was. They disappeared off the face of the earth. I'm not sure where they went, but that defense had to step up, and they did because we could have easily lost that game. And if we would have lost that game, we would have been asking ourselves, what happened? We would have been like, why are we 2-4 and four as opposed to 3-3? Three and three? Obviously, this is impressive for Eli Drinkwitz's first season as head coach. It's impressive. Connor Baslock has been impressive, too. He's been relatively pedestrian the last couple of games because he's been held to less than 200 passing yards. We get all that. What I will tell you is that Vanderbilt, their quarterback, his name is Ken Seals. He's a freshman, just like Connor Baslock. He has topped that 300 mark in the uh, four of his last five games. And he's just coming off a 319 uh, passing game with two touchdowns against the Gators. Remember, the Gators have a good defense, so let's not overlook Vanderbilt here. Yeah, no, I just want to bring up real quick, if it wasn't for Devin Nicholson, uh, mm. last-minute last turnover there for Mizzou to really just win us that game, steal that game, I think we could have been in trouble, man. But 
Devin Nicholson came up big. Uh, I do think that the defense is going to be coming up big again. One thing I do want to mention is uh, early on in the season, uh, LSU beat Vanderbilt 41-7. to Obviously, we beat them 45-41. to Right. Uh, so I think that has something to say with it. But, I mean, as I look at the schedule, man, none of the games have really been close. Mississippi State beat them 24-17. to uh, Kentucky barely beat Vanderbilt 38-35. to So, I mean, like you said, it's a team that you can't you can't just sleep on them. You know, they're 0-7. Right. Like I said, their quarterback has been gaining 300-plus yards. He's been doing very well. He's a freshman, uh, just like Connor Basley, like you said. So, really, just, it kind of just depends on which quarter, which quarterback's going to really show up. And I honestly believe in my heart that Basley's going to show up more than Seals is. Yeah, and let me – and, like, you already credit the defense, so I'll credit the defense here, too. Nick Bolton, this guy is – everywhere okay this guy is getting in runner running back's face he's breaking that front line he's getting to the quarterback these this guy reminds me of the bosa brothers this guy is everywhere okay he is going to get in your face he's going to make you commit turnovers and they're going to capitalize on that and i saw bolton all over that field he was everywhere i mean he was getting the quarterback's face he was getting tackles behind the line of scrimmage so that just shows you what kind of defensive player he is. But when we talk about Mizzou here, their offense, let's see here. Um, Connor Bazalak, he has five touchdowns, two interceptions, and is completing 68% of his passes as of right now. Okay, so they have only averaged um, 400, uh, 200 yards in the last three with only one touchdown to show for the effort against um, uh, South Carolina. That's what he did last game. Not bad. He also threw that interception. So, when we're talking now about the running game in round in Roundtree, he is not he's been neutralized against these defenses the last couple of weeks. We only saw that he was held to a total of 94 yards the last two contests. So they're being neutralized in the running game. So maybe you get Connor Baslock going in the passing game. You get Jalen Knox. You got uh, Tusky Dub, and you got Tyler Batty in that running game. So we got to be very you got to be looking and also like Missouri's defense. Vanderbilt's weakness is against the pass. They are giving up 280 yards per game in passing yards. So when you're looking at that, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm saying we're probably going to be doing a more pass-heavy type of game. You get your receivers out. I'm not sure why Damon Hazelton was not really in that game last weekend, but I would definitely have him out there. Yeah, now, Luke, I uh, proposed a question to you. Uh, same as he was up big, do you think well, this is a game that we could see Sean Robinson coming back in just to play a couple, just to play a couple of snaps? No, I do not believe so at all. No. If anyone is coming in this game, it's going to be Brady Cook, the other freshman on this team. I do yeah, not see Sean not. Robinson stepping field on the Tigers again this season. He had his chance because, remember, he was the junior. He did not prove anything because if he would have proven something to drink with, Connor Bazak would not be playing right now. It's that simple to me. And what I would say to you for this conclusion of the game, I have Mizzou winning 24-21. It's going to be a close game. That's funny, man, because I really do think this is going to be another LSU game. Not obviously with Vanderbilt scoring 40 points, but I think we're going to go out there and score more than 30 points for sure. I think that uh, obviously I still think this Vanderbilt team is being slept on. I know they're 0-7, but of course they're just in the tough division. It's really what it is. Uh, but I just think Connor Bazlack and the, and the gang is just going to really get it going back at home. Uh, you know, I, I think Larry Roundtree's going to finally get his uh, big run game in uh, because I know, like you said last time, they've been really uh, – teams have really been able to stop him. But I do think he's going to find a way. Uh, and like like you said, I think Basilek's just going to have a really nice arm throwing tomorrow, and I think he's going to get a lot of yards. I think Vanderbilt's going to give up a lot of yards again. 
And uh, I think Mizzou's going to win 35 to 17. All right. I respect that prediction. All right. Well, let's now get Ethan involved here because he does not go to Mizzou. He goes to Butler University. So let's get him involved. And we're going to talk about my favorite topic probably in this entire uh, episode besides my list. We all know how much I worship my list. And that is the NFC East. Okay. All right. We saw those Dallas Cowboys yesterday. We all saw it. Okay. They looked miserable. Jerry Jones was sitting in that press box. He looked miserable. That that billionaire, he really is. All right, Ethan, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get you involved first thing. Okay. We saw what happened to the Dallas Cowboys. They were skunked in the last quarter, 21 to nothing. We all saw it. So that leads me to ask you this question. Which team is going to win the NFC East? So I actually kind of went through each team and looked at the rest of their schedule and kind of like did a whole like analysis of like where they would be. And I, like I, after I went, I looked at everybody in schedule. The easiest schedule and like the team that's been looking the best in the NFC East, which isn't saying much, has really been Washington. I mean, playing with their third string quarterback and Alex Smith, who's looking to be the comeback player of the year after he took two years off with his leg injury and he's finally back in the NFL and having a starting job. But it's really been the other two, I guess, big pieces of their offense. And Antonio Gibson, the product out of, or rookie out of Michi- or Memphis, excuse me, and Terry McLaurin, who, what is it, before this week was ranked fourth in receiving with three different quarterbacks. So being able to put up stats like that is unbelievable for any type of receiver with three different quarterbacks and so much quarterback change has really been showing that like this Washington offense is still being able to function, even though they are kind of all over the place sometimes with their quarterbacks. But besides that, I think that Washington's got an easier schedule. They get to verse the, uh, the Eagles. Uh, they got the Panthers and they got the 49ers with Nick Mullins. So I feel like those three wins will be huge. And since they've already got a record of four and seven, I feel like seven wins is going to probably win this division. So I, like basically the only, they're going to be the only team that finishes seven and nine as like, I look at the rest of the teams, like I'll go straight to the Eagles since I already mentioned them team that has a tie against the Bengals and has Carson Wentz, who's the basically been the quarterback who's been sacked the most, who's been sacked for a league leading 40 times, which is just sad for any quarterback like him. And he's just has like the most turnovers. He's just been a mess. And having a quarterback like him and then having people like Doug Peterson go out this week and say, like, I don't know, like basically had a reporter have to tell him like basically that who, who are they going to be starting? Cause he didn't really, he doesn't really know at the moment. And it showed in all the inner, like in their interviews when they were basically interviewing him after the game. And we'll see if Jalen Hurts gets the call this week or next week. But I think Wentz's time is slowly, but surely uh, running out. And with that, this is also the Eagles playoffs host. So I have the Eagles pretty much finishing dead last. And then I have, um, obviously, the Cowboys. You, you, you want to you hate the Cowboys, but they've got an easier – I'll help you. So, I will help you talk about yes. the Cowboys. I will yes. help I'll, you. know what? I'll let you, I'll let you do that because I know you enjoy it so much. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. So I was going to go to Ryan first, but I guess I'll take the reins here. Listen, I was enjo- enjoying my turkey, okay? I had the mashed potatoes, stuffing, all that good stuff, right? I'm ready to watch the 330 game, the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team, a team that doesn't even have a name. We get all that. But listen, I'm eating my pumpkin pie. It's the fourth quarter, ready to start. It's, it's a four-point game, okay? Cowboys are still in it, even though they look like straight trash. We all get that. But they looked like a bunch of turkeys going in the fourth quarter. 
getting skunked 21 to nothing. I mean, call this the NFC least because that's how bad this division is. I mean, you should have seen Andy Dalton. You should have seen his face. He looked embarrassed that he was part of this organization. I think anyone should be. I think sewers smell better than the Dallas Cowboys right now. That's how bad they are. I mean, I cannot find my Cowboy friends. I cannot find them. I called them last night. They, I cannot find them. I mean, they're hiding, okay? I'm going to be calling the police department if I cannot find them, okay? Because I'm worried, okay? I mean, I think Troy Aikman right now is hiding after announcing that game with Joe Buck because that's how embarrassed he is. So, listen, did you guys see Mike McCarthy going for fourth in inches on his own 35 in the first half? And what does he do? He selects Andy Dalton to pass the ball and the Washington football team actually happens to be number one against the pass. And Zeke wasn't even on the field on that possession. Here, I'll give you another great example here. Did you see that fake punt? That was pathetic. That was their 24-yard line on fourth and 10 here. We're talking fourth and 10 in the football team. They just sniffed that out. They saw the stench that was coming from that play. And I was just ecstatic because I knew that Washington football team, I knew they were going to win the game from that. And then you have Andy Dalton throwing that pick six, that sweat guy on Washington football. He's jumping like 10 feet in the air. He catches that, runs it to for a pick six. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. This is how pathetic the Dallas Cowboys are. And Mike McCarthy takes off a year in the NFL to look at or to study the analytics. What analytics? I mean, you're so archaic in calling your offense in, oh my God. I mean, they were so pathetic yesterday. But Ethan, like you mentioned, I am going with the Washington football team to win this division. They look actually the most, I mean, looking the most impressive in this division is not really saying much. But, you, I mean, my boy Alex Smith, I love Alex Smith. He's looking fantastic the last couple of games. And Antonio Gibson, no one's talking about him. He's actually a very good running back. So, props to Washington because I think they're going to win the division. All right, well, uh, first off, let me say something real quick. Luca, uh, apple pie, man, by far the best pie on Thanksgiving you can have. Oh, well, that's your problem. Sorry about it. It's not me. Uh, okay, first off, I'm going to first off saying that both of you guys took the words out of my mouth. Uh, Who's not winning this division? The Dallas Cowboys. It's just, I'm sorry, you know, they got so excited. Oh, Luca sent me all the videos of all the Cowboys fans. Oh, we beat the Minnesota Vikings, 31 to 28. We're going to go. We're going to go to the Super Bowl now. And then what you do? Oh, uh, you stick up the joint against the Washington football team, 41 to 16. On Thanksgiving. Oh, man, I couldn't have been more happy. Oh, I was just enjoying my turkeys, just like you, Luca. Oh, man. And yeah, I just. I don't see the Cowboys doing anything from here on out. Like you said, they had a horrible game going for it on really just dumb decision by after dumb decision. Like what fake punt, dude, no, that was not the right call. Uh, Washington definitely is my team. I think to win this division, like I said, the only two teams they have that really are a challenge, they have to face uh, the Steelers and they still have to face Seattle, but the rest of those two of those games are against NFC East arrivals. And then uh, I forgot who the other one is, but I think Washington, especially Alex Smith and Scary Terry McCorn, really getting things going. Um, 
they beat they just beat the Bengals twenty nine, and then now just beating the Cowboys forty one to sixteen. A double digit wins. I think if they keep this up, man, I think the Ravens are gonna the the game against the uh, uh my bad the next coming game against the Steelers. I think that one will be a good game. I I do think Steelers will win. Just the Steelers are too good this year, but. Um, I think Washington really is just a team to beat. You know, the Giants, they start to face the Cardinals, the Seahawks, all those teams. I don't think Daniel Jones has what it takes to win this division. Uh, I think Alex Smith, as you see it in his press game interview, in his post-game interview, you know, he was real sad about it because he missed the Thanksgiving game. It has a lot of memory to him. Uh, so he was out there. He was able to do his thing. I think Alex Smith and the, the gang are really going to end up winning this division. Of course, it doesn't really matter who wins this division because they're just going to be first round out, I think. Uh, like you said, it's NFC least. No one really, really cares about this division. I really don't think it's fair that any of those teams get to go to the playoffs, but it's NFL rules that one of them has to make it. So uh, I, I appreciate all you guys going with Washington because I do think that is a team that's going to come out of the NFC. Uh, let me just add something here. I, I, I remember when the Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings, right? I look at this game and I'm like, wow, they finally won a game. But 15 minutes later, what happens? I get a good, I get a call from my boy Brady. Okay. I get a call from him and I'm thinking, is this guy actually trying to call me and say the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? Sure <laughs> enough. The first thing he says is that the Cowboys are going to win the division and they have a legitimate shot of making the Super Bowl. I am, I am not, you know what I say to him? I said, this is the first time the Cowboys have won since October 11th. Since October 11th, and we're bragging here about that the Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings. You know, that's like basically bragging about somebody that goes to a contest, right, that has the number one best pie, right? You go to a pie contest, this guy, they make pies and the other guys make cakes. There's nothing to brag about. I mean, it was that pathetic. But Ethan, if you want to say something else, go ahead because I'm done. Yeah, I'll just quickly add in. I mean, obviously, I chose Washington, but if there's going to be another team that has somewhat of a chance to try and make it or try and sneak in, it would be the Giants because the Eagles and Cowboys are done for. They're not going anywhere. They're, both of them have harder schedules. I mean, I didn't get to say this too. The Eagles have the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals the next four games. They ain't winning for a month. So, and then looking and then looking forward to the Giants. They at least get the Bengals. They're on a two-game winning streak. They're also hot, even if you want to call that hot as a team heading into this final stretch of the, of, of the season. They also almost beat the, or upset the Buccaneers on Sunday night. So they have some potential, although what is it? their offense is their number one problem. And it's what's been holding them back every single game is they're the, literally the third ranked worst offense in yards per game in the league. So if, if there's going to be any team that gives them a, a sh- or gives a, uh, gives uh, Washington a run for their money. It would be the Giants, but because they have a little bit harder schedule, I feel like Washington should be able to cruise right into the playoffs to inevitably get knocked out very quickly. (laughs) All right. Well, we all know what time it is now, don't we? I know week 12 started yesterday, but it was Thanksgiving. I was going to let everyone watch the sorry Detroit Lions and sorry Dallas Cowboys yesterday, but today is my week 12 list. Really heading to this week. I know it makes no sense, but it's okay. But are you guys ready to hear my top five teams heading to this week? Are you ready? You better be paying attention, and you better be taking notes. Remember, the list is fluid. We all get it. Let's go to number five on the list. Number five, the Indianapolis Colts. 
Yes, the Indianapolis. Did you guys know they're seven and three? They just beat the Green Bay Packers and they just beat and they beat the Tennessee Titans the week before. Philip Rivers is completing about sixty nine percent of his passes. He's flinging the football effectively to Pascal Pittman and those dudes. That O line is just stout. They're protecting Philip Rivers. He's only been sacked nine times this the entire season. The running game is effective with Jonathan Taylor, and that defense is top five in points allowed, top five yards allowed, top five against the pass, and top five against the rush. That's right. We better be giving some respect to the Indianapolis Colts. Let's go to number four, LA Rams. That's right. The LA Rams, they finally made my top five list. No more Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this because they had no answer running the football against this defense. Tom Brady was held in check all night, even though we had weapons at his disposal in Gronkowski. You had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and all those guys. And Jared Goff actually improved because of that impressive O-line he has. I still have questions with him, regardless how well he played. I mean, he was playing the football very effectively to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and all those guys. In that teams that are offensive-powered, I've noticed with this defense, they are shut down with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. You name it. Let's go to number three, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you look what happened with Drew Brees. He got injured. We all thought the 30 for 30 special was coming in. But no, Taysom Hill came in, and he actually impressed me. I mean, you saw Michael Thomas. You saw Jared Cook. You saw Emmanuel Sanders getting that ball from Taysom Hill. He was running the football effectively, too. I mean, you saw him. He was doing something that Drew Brees could not. He also flinged the football further than Drew Brees could, and that running game was actually pretty decent. And that defense, we are not talking enough about that defense because they're definitely a playoff team worthy of counting that defense. All right, number two, I know you guys are going to get very upset with me. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they're 10-0, and, and I get all that. That offensive, that offense cannot be ignored with Juju Smith-Schuster, Jace Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. And Big Ben is playing like a top-five quarterback right now. Let's be serious here. In that defense, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and then Mike Tomlin. He's just a genius. I understand that. But are they the best team in football right now? I'm not so sure because of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we see what Andy Reid has done with this team. Eric Bieniemy calling those plays. You've got Patrick Mahomes under the helm. They just beat the Las Vegas Raiders. You saw that last play where he was driving the team down the field to Travis Kelsey. You got Tyreek Hill. You had a great running game in uh, Edwards Alaire. We get all of that in that defense. Yes, it is vulnerable. There are questions to be answered, but I believe they are still the number one best team in football. Floor is yours. Oh, all right, Ethan, uh, it, I'll go, I guess. I'm just going to say one thing about every team. Uh, first off, we'll start at five, of course, uh, the Colts. Uh, I don't want to talk about it because, man, they beat my Packers. If MVS <laughs> were to hang on to that ball, we would have won the game, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know about Colts, that. It was a it was a shootout throughout the whole game. You know, Philip Rivers played really well. I think he's he's playing really dang good good uh, dang good football right now. Uh, I think the Colts are a very good team. Uh, I do think that I, I honestly do think if MVS had on football, Packers would have won. But I mean, the fact that it was a shootout against the Packers is a good game. Uh, the Colts really good. Uh, we'll go to the Rams. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers. Hold, hold on a second. You do remember what the Packers were leading at halftime, right? 
twenty. Oh yeah, no, we had a horrible second half. It was okay. bad. Thank it, you. Sorry. All right. So oh, Colts, I I, okay, Colts outplayed us in the second half. Deserved to win the game. I'll give you that. Okay, and then of course they had some big defensive plays. The Colts did that really helped them win that game as well. Um, so we'll go to the Rams now. I'll just say one quick thing about them, and that's going to be uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods uh, really getting on par there with Jared Goff and making Tom Brady look almost look like worse than he did against the Saints. With uh, he had three interceptions against the Saints. I think he had two against the Rams. I'm pretty sure it could be wrong there, but. It doesn't matter. He didn't play good at all. He didn't look like Tom Brady at all. And uh, for the Saints, obviously, I just one word, Tyson Hill. He just came in. Uh, I think a lot of New Orleans uh, fans really were down in the mud, you know, after Drew Brees got injured. But he came up, and he did something that Drew Brees doesn't do well. And that's what you said. He ran the ball. And that's what Tyson Hill can do. Uh, the Steelers, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say about him anymore. I think I'm just going to say Ben Roethlisberger because, obviously, like you said, he's playing very good uh, football. He's a great quarterback. Uh, I don't like how the Chiefs are number one. I can see it, though, because obviously Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, they, they barely beat the Raiders, man. I think if these teams meet up in the playoffs, it's going to be another close game. Um, but, like I said, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. I think they're deserving of that one spot. Patrick Mahomes is just undoubtedly the best quarterback in the NFL. And, like you said, he went down there, made that play, Travis Kelsey, and made a great comeback against the Raiders. And, they, I mean, they deserve that one spot. So, I mean – well done on your top five list uh, this week, except for the Colts, but I obviously can see why they're in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start off now by first off giving you a round of applause because, once again, you, you, your list is actually looking legit. It's not yeah, legit. I, I mean – There isn't I mean, any problems with it, at least at least this week, as you, you've – at least you've, you've hit it right on the noggin, as I believe that uh, most, most of the teams that you have in there are pretty much right where they're supposed to be. Obviously, the the one two seeds are going to be staying and staying there until proven otherwise. The yeah. Chiefs are the best team in football, no matter any way you debate it. They're the only team that that are, or at least thus far that looks like if there's a minute left that they're going to be able to come back against any defense against any team. It'll be the Chiefs that'll be able to do that. So that's why they're going to be deserving of the of the uh, number one seed be, or number one spot because obviously they are the best team in football right now. And then. Number two spot with Pittsburgh. I know you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, but you're not really talking about the only reason why they're 10-0, and that's the entirety of their defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you got T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree combining for 17 sacks just between the two of them, between the two of them, yeah, 17 sacks. And what is it? You got Minkovitz, Patrick also getting his interceptions like crazy. It's just their defense has been able to cause turnovers, cause havoc. They're one of the best-ranked defenses overall, if not the best, I believe, in the entire league. Or actually, they're the fourth best, sorry, in yards per game. But uh, they're still one of the better defenses in the entire league. And that's the only reason why it's giving Ben Roethlisberger more time to his his old self to have more rest and be able to basically have less pressure on him because they know his defense will come up clutch. And then goes on to the next three, which I believe are newer to your list, right? As uh, including like the the Rams, who have become up one of their best wins of the season against Tom Brady's uh, Patriots. Or God, Patriots. God, look at me still talking about that. Buccaneers. <laughs> Lord, it's been too long. But uh, yeah. the, the Rams' defense, even they didn't even need Aaron Donald. They didn't even need him to beat him to beat the Patriots. And their lethal offense, uh, as we all know, Brady can't uh, isn't as clutch, especially on prime time anymore. So as he's, I believe, one in three this season, or one or two. He's one looked awful this season. But uh, their their defense is just one of the sneaking out of the radar is one of the best as proven to be like even if you game plan for Aaron Donald like specifically what obviously the Buccaneers did the rest of the team was able to step up and clutch up for the Rams 
and their offense with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, as long as Jared Goff can get going with those two, they don't even need to run the ball at, at all. And they'll just have Jared Goff just continue to throw the ball 50 times every single game and basically win the Rams or basically keep winning the Rams games. And then uh, hopping back to the third spot with the Saints, obviously, they have the best rush defense in football. They have the sack leader, Trey Hendrickson. Nobody knows about him. You've probably never heard of him, but he's leading the league in sacks right now with nine and a half sacks. And um, basically the rest of their defense has been able to produce. Yes, they've had a few hiccups along the way, kind of like the Packers. But I feel like right now the Saints are a little bit more hot compared to the Packers after they've been struggling lately. And that's why the Packers are in the top five. And that's why the Saints are. And then, obviously, going to the final team, the Colts. Uh, I, I, I believe, uh, coming from a, a Indy, since I was just in Butler for the last – or Butler University, which is in Indy, I had to deal with plenty, plenty of Colts fans. And it's they are he, huge on them, and they've been telling me that they are a top-five team. They're a top-five team. And finally, after this week, they've, just, they've obviously earned your respect and I believe a lot of other people's respect after getting a big win against the Packers. So I think that this list is looking pretty decent. I feel like – Everything is set up to be, or at least they're set up where they should be. And uh, we'll, we'll see if anything changes, which I think it will probably for next week. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, the list is mobile. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I take pride in making my list, so thank you very much. All right, let's move on now to the Cleveland Browns. We have not talked about them in a couple of weeks now, but um, I don't think many people are looking. But they are 7-3 and three and second in the AFC North, and they're behind the Pittsburgh Steelers, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, if I must add. And they're taking on the 1-9 Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend with Mike Glennon getting the start get under the helm, getting his first start since 2017. All right, Ryan, um, will the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns win a playoff game? I think the Browns are going to try to play like it's 2002, baby. Of course, 2002 is the last time they made the playoff. Very upsetting team, really. They really are. Uh, but when they have that running duo of uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, I think that they can do anything. If, they, if those guys can get going, I think it's going to be tough for a team to stop them. Uh, of course, their quarterback, Leon Elias, Baker Mayfield, I think he's a, little, he's a little streaky at times. You know, I think he makes – tried to make too hard of passes, and then sometimes he forgets what teams his uh, his he forgets what team his uni, his un I can't talk he forgets what color team his players are on. My bad. There it is. All right. Um. So do I think they'll win a playoff game? Honestly, no, I don't. Unless they face an NFC East team, I don't think they're gonna win a playoff uh playoff game. Of course, the record shows otherwise, but uh, they really haven't beat a tough team, man. Like they've lost to the Steelers double digits, lost to the Ravens double digits. Uh, of course, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Texans, uh, beat the Bengals. Let me say, they barely beat the Bengals. That first off, that's just that, that can't happen. If you're gonna be a playoff team, you have to beat those, those games. Have to be a lot better. I will say they beat the Colts though. That good on them. Uh, that was early on in the season. Uh, beat the Cowboys and then beat Washington. But really, just no. Really, I don't think big matchups for them. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, I think a lot of the teams get scarier. And I just don't see the Browns getting scarier, man. I. So, honestly, no, I don't think they're going to win unless they face an NFC East team. And if uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can get it going, uh, although Beckham being out, that's really going to hurt them. They need to rely on Jarvis Landry to have a big game. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, Hooper, uh, Austin Hooper, you know, I think I've always been high on that guy. You know, I don't think a lot of people think he's a good player, but I do think he's a good player. I just don't think Baker Mayfield ever throws him the ball that much. 
Uh, but that's, of course, because he's on the line with uh, Odell Beckham and Landry. But now since Beckham's out, uh, I really think it just comes down to if the running game can get going because I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are really big reasons why this team's winning. Uh, of course, they have Miles Garrett in the defense. The defense uh, hasn't been the best, but, I mean, with Miles Garrett, you know, it's it definitely adds a little scary of a, of a face to it. But, honestly, Luca, I don't think this team's going to win a playoff game. Yeah, you're 100% right. In here, I will answer the question directly. Two words. Hell no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, I get their seven in three. They have beaten one above 500 team. And like you said, that was the Indianapolis Colts. And that was earlier in the season when they weren't as on a streak as they are right now. Otherwise, like you said, they have beaten the Bengals twice, Washington, the Cowboys, the Texans, and the Eagles. Wow, such bragging rights. Like you said, Ryan, they have not won a playoff game since I was born. So there you go for all the Cleveland fans. I am 18 years old and a freshman at Mizzou. So that just tells you something right now. Anyway, we look at the AFC right now. We look how the Bills have been playing. We look at the Dolphins, Ethan. We look at the Colts. We look at the Raiders. We look at the Titans, and we look at the Chiefs. We look at all those teams. Listen, they haven't been challenged whatsoever. Look, they beat the Texans 10-7. to the Texans have one of the worst defenses in the entire league, and they won 10-7. to They also beat the Eagles, barely, and now they play the Jaguars. I mean, are people trying to tell me this team is capable of winning a playoff game? Let's see. Who is playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Baker Mayfield. Let's see here, everyone. He is completing about 61% of his passes. About 18, about 1850 yards, 15 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I don't think there's any bragging rights on those numbers whatsoever, especially since their offense is led by, like you said, the rushing attack, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Otherwise, Baker Mayfield, he's such a pedestrian quarterback that he's barely even reaching 200 yards a game. We look what he does. He draws attention to himself every game because of those endorsements he has with Progressive, Hulu, and now State Farm. I actually saw a Baker Mayfield commercial with State Farm. This guy has more endorsements than wins this actual season. So it is just ludicrous to me how this guy could actually win a playoff game because he is slowly but surely turning into a version of Carson Wentz. I can you you are like ex- pretty much you guys both covered exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, I'll 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 continue the stat to put it like in I guess a little bit more visual standpoint for how the Browns have looked. The Browns are six and zero against teams below five hundred. Congrats, six and zero. Now let's look at how good they've been against teams above six or, or five hundred. One and three, one and three. And you're telling me that when they have to go into the playoffs against teams all that are going to be above uh, 500, except for the uh, NFC least. Um, I think that uh, they're going to be struggling. The only thing they have going for them is their rushing offense. That is it. I mean, their defense sometimes shows up, but sometimes it's left back in Cleveland, and we don't know what happens. They they got left in the locker room or were too busy trying to join in on uh, Baker Mayfield's progressive commercials. But (laughs) I feel like they're going to – their Browns are just – just because of they are, and if you look at the rest of their schedule – they have the Giants, Jets, and Jags still. 
So they're going to still finish 10 and six because I don't feel like they're going to beat the Ravens, Titans, or Steelers, and they're going to make the playoffs. And everyone's going to be like, yay, the Browns make the playoffs. Then they're just going to hit a wall because they're going to end up probably getting the six or seven seed and have to verse one of the top basically leads in their division since Kansas City has already got, I believe, they're going to probably have to verse Kansas City of all teams. And uh, like if they get the seven seed, which will just be a massacre and a half if they end up having that happen. So I feel like if the Browns even have a chance to make the playoffs, they will not do so well. But if they do, I just do not see them winning a playoff game. They'll make the playoffs. Congrats. They'll end their streak of however long of not making the playoffs. And then they'll, uh, they'll sink back into the unknown or for forgotten teams again. Yeah. And like you just said, Ethan, those teams that they have beaten, what is to even be proud of? You beat the Texans by three points. We all know what happened with Bill O'Brien, what he did to DeAndre Hopkins, and they actually just released Kenny Stills tonight. So let's look at the Texans here. Their offense is led by Deshaun Watson, a capable in a quarterback that has credentials. Baker Mayfield, what has he done since in the NFL? He's led in turnovers multiple times, and he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Congratulations. That has nothing to do with your success in the NFL. It has to do with what you did at the collegiate level, but not at the NFL. So we look at Baker Mayfield, we look at the weapons he has, and the problem is Kevin Stefanski is relying so much on the running game because he is afraid for Baker Mayfield to to pass pass that football. I don't care what anybody says. He is afraid for Baker Mayfield to make a mistake and be a liability on the football field. It is that simple to me. I mean, for sure. And I obviously, uh, even I wouldn't mind uh, the Browns having to face the Steelers in the playoffs in in the first round. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that would actually be fun. All right. <laughs> That's the end up losing a game. <laughs> oh, man. I hope that does not happen that they beat the Steelers. But let's move on now to the uh, Green Bay Packers. I know uh, Ryan's going to be very angry about this topic, but we must mention it. All right. Let's see. They lost the Colts in overtime last Sunday, even though they were leading 28-14 to 14 at halftime. And they scored a grand total of three total points in the second half. Congratulations. And unfortunately, they will be hosting the Chicago Bears for Sunday night football this upcoming Sunday. Do not, wa- do not even count me watching on that game because I already know what to expect. Nothing. So, Ethan, I'll, actually, no, I'll start with Ryan because he's the Green Bay Packer fan here. So, I'll ask you the question. How's that? Are the Packers good enough to win a playoff game? Oh, man, it's a tough question just because – I mean, watching them all along this year, you know, I think they're just a complete different team than they were in the first couple of weeks, you know. I, I think this team has always been a second-half team, and they started showing that they had been a second-half team until about six, seven weeks in. Then they stopped playing good in the second half for some reason, and they started losing games that they should have won. Um, I think that we would have a chance in the playoffs, um, but if we had to face teams like the Saints, the Buccaneers – I, I don't think we're going to win, man. And, and that hurts for me to say because I love the Packers. And, of course, we have that bad man. And he can do all he can. But, I mean, there's just – when they're stopping our running game and Aaron Jones is not getting it going, Adams is dropping passes, MVS is fumbling the football in key moments. Uh, and, of course, that's Marquez Valdez scanning for those of you that don't know that. Uh, I think it's just going to be really tough for us to do, do something. I'm very mad that we didn't pull the trigger – uh, on anyone uh, at the trade deadline because really Rodgers has no one to throw to. Lazard is not near as good as he was in the first two weeks with the team. He definitely needs to get a lot better if we have want to have a chance in the playoffs. 
And I mean, we just need. We, I think we needed Fowler. Was, was it Fowler? What I forgot. Will Fowler from the Texans. Yep. Yeah, we definitely needed him, man. I mean, right now Adams is your go-to guy. And honestly, I'm kind of mad myself that uh, Rodgers just not throw the ball to Adams against the Colts in overtime, and he gave the ball to MVS. I have a lot of faith in that guy. And, I mean, it was really just a great defensive play from the Colts, too, to knock the ball free. Uh, but, honestly, to answer your question, man, I, I don't think so. Unless, like I said, we face an NFC lease team, maybe. But if we have to face the Saints, the Cardinals, or the Buccaneers, I think we're in trouble, man. And I will, And I will definitely agree with you on this. If they have to play an NFC least team the first round, uh, they better win or there are going to be <laughs> some changes that you are going to see that you're not going to like. For example, Aaron Rodgers just might demand himself out of the town, okay? I can see him doing it. All right. And then if they actually beat a team, or rather if they have to verse a different team from the NFC West, the NFC South, they're not going to win. It's that simple. They do not have the defense to stop the power of Russell Wilson. They don't have the power to stop Jared Goff behind that O-line, especially how he's being protected. Because the Packers, last time I checked, let's see, they are 14th against the pass, 13th against the rush, and 17th in points allowed. Not terrible, but when you are playing a playoff team such as the Seattle Seahawks, the L.A. Rams, maybe even the Arizona Cardinals – you are looking at a team that is capable to get past you. When you are versing quarterbacks in Kyler Murray, in Russell Wilson, even maybe Taysom Hill will be playing. We don't know that yet, but you are going to have to watch out because there is no linebacker that even plays for the Green Bay Packers because they're never even present on the field. So let's be serious here. If Packer fans are going to be mad at me because of my opinion, it's not me to blame. It's your front office to blame because you never got Aaron Rodgers any help at the trade deadline or even in free agency. What you did is you drafted his successor in Jordan Love. That really took me by surprise because I actually care about Aaron Rodgers actually getting success in his, in his career. He has nobody. He has nobody to throw the ball to but Devontae Adams. And playoff time comes, that man is going to be double teamed. So good luck. Oh, the Packers. I'll start. I'll I'll start off with the with the pros. I mean, the Packers. As my as much as we just been hating on them the last like I guess two or three minutes, I'll 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 praise them for a little bit. I mean, their offense has been one of the best in the league. The Packers are ranked fourth in most points on offense this league. Rodgers is ranked second in passing touchdowns with twenty nine. Only one behind uh, Russell Wilson with thirty, and he's ranked sixth in total passing yards. And then you also got Devontae Adams, who's tied for second in receiving touchdowns with 10. Those between Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they've been having one of the best years of their careers this year. And it's, and it's definitely showing on the field as they've been able to put up numerous amount of points. The issue has been mostly their defense and being able to stop teams and letting them get into games. When you're allowing Delvin Cook to score four touchdowns, when you're allowing Jake Luton to keep the game within four points, when you're allowing Phillip Rivers to throw for three touchdowns and almost 300 yards, there are issues when that happens. So, I mean, we're looking forward to the rest of the schedule. I feel like the Packers are probably either not going to lose a single game the next six games or they're going to drop one and still go 12-4 and four because they got the Bears twice, they got the Eagles, Lions, Panthers, and Titans, which are all beatable teams. So, Well, well- yeah, of course they're going to win the NFC North because look at the teams. You got the Vikings who are pretenders like usual. You got the Bears who have no clue what they're doing with the rest of the season. And then you got the Detroit Lions who have not won a playoff game in 60 years. 
So we understand what they have in the NFC North. Of course, the Packers are going to win the division. But what you've got to look at, and I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers and the offense some credit here. He is someone that knows how to take nothing and make it into something. That is who Aaron Rodgers is. He has carried this franchise on his back for Lord who knows how long. It is not the Jordy Nelson era. It is not the Randall Cobb era any longer. So the problem is you have weapons in Devontae Adams, MBS, and then, well, you got Tanya Jr. at your tight end position. You've got Alan Lazard. But the problem is, are those going to be reliable targets come postseason time? We do not know that because when you look at the Saints defense, oh, man, they're going to be compromised like there's no tomorrow. Now, if you're versing a defense like the Seattle Seahawks, you got a chance because Seattle does not know how to play defense. They let they invite the team to come forward so that way they can just play red zone basically the entire game. But when you look at the running game, Aaron Jones has been compromised the last couple of contests. So you got so you're kind of a devoid of a running game. But Aaron Rodgers has impressed, I think, a lot of souls this season. He is basically a reliable quarterback because he hardly turns the ball over. So I think when you look at that you have somewhat of a chance, but I just don't think it's enough. Well, that's what happens when you piss them off. I think yes. pissed off Ron Rodgers. So, yes. but as I'll, I'll, I'll continue what I was going to say. I, I knew, I know I said the NFC North, but I was going to say they have a chance to literally win the NFC still too. They may be one game down from the Saints, but they could still win the entire NFC and get the bye week. Oh, that's true. And they won't even have to play. And they'll be able to get that extra week and make it and get past it. But I feel like, regardless I feel like the Packers are still a good enough team that they will make the NFC championship and in this game whether they, it takes two games to get there or one game to get there however they get there I just feel like they'll be able to make it to the NFC championship this year but I feel like it'll they'll be up against an NFC West which they will or NFC West foe which is pretty much the Cardinals the Seahawks or the uh or the Rams, one of those three teams, and one of them is probably going to best him in the NFC or in the, in the championship. And we'll be seeing another NFC West team for the second or third year in a row as the NFC West continues to be very, very one of the best divisions in football. And I feel like this year the Packers have too many holes in their defense and some, some too many woes or inconsistencies in their offense that I feel like it's going to be too much for them. And Unless they figure it out in these last six games, I don't know. I don't think I will be seeing them in the Super Bowl this February. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ethan, I appreciate it, man, because, you know, as a Packers fan, uh, it's hard because, honestly, our defense is just so bad this year. Like, I don't know what happened, but we're so bad. Um, I hope that we can get to the NFC Championship, but I'm, I'm really doubtful, man. Uh, I am, and I'm excited. I don't think it's not, but I'm excited for Sunday night because Aaron Rodgers is not happy that they, won, that they lost that game. So he's going to go off against the Bears, and it's going to be a fun game at Lambeau. But one thing that does worry me, though, and I know Luke is going to be surprised I say this, but I feel like every time we play the Bears, it's a close game. I get the Bears are not well, having the best season. But it's I at Lambeau. This game's going to be close. That's only at Lambeau, not at Soldier Field. It's at Lambeau, though. Yeah, I know. It's always at Lambeau, like when the games are close. Right. So, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a close game. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, I think we'll find out which team has the better defense. Obviously, we know it's the Bears. But will the Bears' offense be able to get going? I don't know. It will be fun to see what Trubisky does after, you know, getting sat for the Foles, and now he's going to get to play again. So, it will be exciting to see what's going to happen. Well, 
We have about two minutes left, but I'll conclude with, in that segment, I'll conclude with this. Trubisky has legs, use them. All right, here we go. Uh, very quickly, um, no analysis. I just want to know, Ryan, Nathan, your opinion. I'm going to give you two games this weekend. You're going to tell me the winner, who you believe is going to win, okay? Ryan, Indianapolis versus Tennessee. Who's winning that? I think the Colts are going to win that. Yes. Um, I got to stick with the Colts. All right. Ethan, I'll start with you this time. Tampa Bay or Kansas City? Obvious, Kansas City. Okay, Ryan? Fucking news. All right. All right, we're going to end the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, obviously, we do this via Zoom, so it's a bit different, but we're hoping you enjoyed. And Ryan, you'll close out for us. Yeah, hey, go Mizzou on Saturday, and uh, we'll see you around.